that was Coolio. Off camera, you're breaking the third breaking wall. Breaking the fourth. <laughs> it's the fourth wall. Whatever. You know hey, what I want a poetry contest. So. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, nerds and nerdettes. Welcome, obscurials of all shapes and flavors. This is the The Nerd Nerd Obscurial Podcast. Podcast. Hi, I'm Eric. And I am the Oklahoma Kid. We're on episode three here. Still, still some work on the website at the time of taping here. Uh, We're hoping to maybe get that up soon. And have episode one drop, what would you say, a week? I'm hoping for a week. We're hoping for a week. We're, we're efforting for a week. We're moving forward, I have to say. We're, we're getting this. We're uh, learning from our mistakes. Fail better. Samuel Beckett, spirit animal. And here there, we're trying to make progress. We're trying to get better. We're trying to show off more of uh, what a nerd scurial is. What it means just to kind of <clears throat> let go of the pressure of uh, having all this creativity inside of you and not being able to really express it in your day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to share, Oklahoma, about something you did recently? Just a tips for the, the audience at home of like, hey, this was something a little kind of dorky and fun, but kind of got me through. We came back from Disneyland. Disneyland's recently. a great choice. And, uh... Got to see the new Marvels campus. Got to ride the star, the new Star Wars ride, and the new Spider-Man ride. Uh, saw all the stuff. But I'm gonna say that my favorite part was the fact that they had like, like a two and a half foot tall giant pretzel at the uh, Ant-Man themed restaurant in the Avengers campus. Did was there a plaque that says America's Bread? That's the question. Was there one? No. Was there several? Oh, of course there were. <laughs> So, so yeah, going going to the nerdy spots, and I, I'm so glad that's starting to open up more and more. You know, um, hopefully we'll be getting some comic cons. Hopefully we'll be getting some spaces that you can really go out and nerd out. Oh, one for me actually then this week. So I'm notoriously bad. Like I collect books. I'm a huge book lover, but I don't actually you know take the time to sit down and really start to read and i went into like a total fantasy novel nerd world and stuff like that and like so rewarding to have the words in your face and just quiet in a room and being able to just like wrap your mind and your imagination into this world like that would be my suggestion definitely disneyland mine's a little cheaper (laughs) <laughs> you gotta say <laughs> but yeah a, a book a good book just and this is what's so extraordinary people don't i think people we really take for granted just how much art is at our fingertips at all mm-hmm. times like we hate it so much it's like oh i hate the internet i can feel so bad it's yeah you spend all your time in fucking social media and instagram and all this stuff you have the complete works of shakespeare at your fingertips find the rituals of reading a comic book reading a good comic book a graphic novel Mm -hmm. you talked about how you like to get the collections you always feel like you're a step back but you get it collected in one spot and you can really see it as a piece of art Mm -hmm. Um, I always argue when it comes to music spend a time on listening to the vinyl especially if this is music made like Miles Davis you listen to it in vinyl form because 
he composed it for vinyl form. Like mm-hmm. he, he has the music set out so that you have a side one and a side two and yeah. all that matters. You know what I mean? That's how you're supposed to listen to it because that's how it was made. Yeah. Um, it is it is kind of a disappearing art, the idea of how you put together like an album when when you know back even up through the C D days. It wasn't until we started getting like the MP3s. Yeah. Up till then it was like you, you you those that was gonna be the order people listened to the songs in, and you really right. thought about like, okay, which one transitions to which one? How does the flow of it go? And yeah, now it's just like we don't know. I mean, they they're gonna put it in their thing and put it on shuffle, and it's gonna be, be on the, Spotify, and you're exactly. gonna hear it here, there, the other. Well, what what's really funny is that we went through that transition, and you mm-hmm. had albums like Nevermind, you had yeah. albums like uh, Siamese Dream, Siamese Dream, one of the best albums ever. But just that importance for me of making it all consuming, because I think it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy, like, even within a lot of the stuff we talk about, like these Marvel shows and stuff like that, like, your phone's right there. You're sometimes not catching every scene. You're looking at, you know, uh, someone who texted you or a Facebook kind of fucking, you know, all these social medias kind of stuff. But I'm just saying that most people. But it was really enjoyable for me to take a nerdy fantasy book, be in a room and spend two hours just reading through a couple chapters and like getting all encompassed and just having everything else be turned off, not looking at the phones, not being distracted, not doing all, just finding a quiet place with a book and nerding out. There's so much greater stimulus fucking input with the Disneyland, though. And it is worth the money, dude. It is. I'm not going to say anything against that. But, um... I got droids this time. Wow. Yeah. already had my lightsaber. Although, right. I think eventually I'm probably going to get multiple. I mean, let's face it. There's, like, different ones you can get, so I'm definitely going to have to get them all. Sure. I didn't, I didn't catch all them Pokemon for nothing. Oklahoma, it's really hard for me to sell you on this idea of this working man blue collar bullshit when you're talking about like <laughs> these middle class concerns of I only got the one lightsaber. I really like them all. <laughs> I'm just saying, you got a Pokemon. I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna catch them all. <laughs> I'm catch them all. Okay, folks, we are um, we're done with Wandavision for the list. We're moving on into uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, what should be called Captain America and the Winter Soldier Spoilers. for people who know. But I realize it is kind of deceiving because that was kind of wasn't that one of the names captain america and the winter soldier that was captain america too right oh yeah it was captain america the winter soldier yeah yeah there was a there was a you know yeah so if you do captain america and it's like it's actually almost the same thing captain america colon winter soldier <laughs> Directed by Luke why Moore. would you be a winter soldier of the colon <laughs> Are there any uh, hamsters up there? It's building little stuff. Callback. Richard comedy. was the first choice. The Chris Evans just got the part. I feel so bad for Richard. Joke around the corner. Around the corner, also directed by Luke Warm. Friend of the show. <laughs> Friend of the show. <laughs> Lukewarm. Okay, guys. We're going to come back with lightning round. Um, we'll figure out who's going to do the outro. We're moving on to Captain Falcon. And then we're to Captain Falcon. <laughs> Captain Falcon. That's a, that's a fucking character in Smash Brothers. Oh, Captain sure, Falcon. sure, sure, sure. That's, isn't that a Star Fox thing? Uh, no, I, he's from some other. He's like from some weird game where it like doesn't yeah. really make sense that there's a guy who'd be fighting. He's like from a racing game or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't done a Nintendo list yet. That's a coming. That's a coming. Okay, too much behind the scenes, guys. We'll be back for the lightning round and then uh, we'll keep her moving. 
Okay, we're back. Lightning round, episode three. I won last episode. So, the first one I'm calling Someone Poisoned the Waterhole. This is title of a news article I read within the last week. Crystal meth in waterways is turning trout into drug addicts. Or... Tree frogs change gender at twice the rate in Fukushima exclusion zone. What was the first one? <laughs> Crystal meth in waterways is turning trout into drug addicts or tree frogs. Yeah, first one. Crystal meth? Crystal meth. That's correct. That's one. Number two, Moby Dick Clark. Was this a line in the novel Moby Dick or was this said by Dick Clark? Mm-hmm. I had made a great deal of money, and I was proud of it. I was a capitalist. Dick Clark. Two for two. Lego, my Lego. This is something that either happened to the company that makes Lego waffles or that makes Lego bricks. There's been major uh, supply chain problems since the pandemic happening, mm-hmm. famously with the, both these companies. One of them, though experienced a shortage in 2009 after bacterial infection closed down production at a plant in Atlanta. I'm going to say Ego Waffles. I think the Legos are somewhere else. Three for three. This one's called Nombre. Nombre, just as a word, means name mm-hmm. in Spanish. But there's also... A colloquialism, a Mexican colloquialism, at least in Michoacan, I'm not sure about the whole country of Mexico. But nombre is a contraction for no hombre. Like, no, man. And it's like, it, it comes to me like, really? Or like, you don't say or something. I say, oh, really? Like, okay, whatever. Um, so nombre, and this is which one of these Mexican restaurant names are a real thing? Okay. You got Hakuna Orchata, a taqueria in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or Tequila Mockingbird, a taqueria in New Canaan, Connecticut. Connecticut. Four for four. You knew some white person was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five, working in a coal Minecraft. One of these is a real... YouTuber for Minecraft content. Pixelcat, who has 3.9 subscribers and most viewed videos are about uh, stalking noobs on an RP server. Or Log.Zip, who has 4.3 million subscribers and his most viewed videos are about his developer friends who create different content in the Minecraft world. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, you you get to go to Hobbit World and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. People have right. built like amazing things. I actually heard that there's like uh, a group that is trying to build a one for one recreation of the planet Earth in Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it Pixel Cat? Pixel with three- Cat. First one you got wrong. There's still hope. There's still hope. Okay, and the last one, whether you'll be five for six or four for six. Whether there is a because sh- that's that's gonna be hard for me to beat. You've been rocking me. You got five out of five, five out of six. Last well, time. you you have that potential right now. Children of the Cornhole, uh, directed by Luke Warm. <laughs> Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Luke Warm. This is the who is the junior champion in the beanbag throwing game of cornhole nationally? Is it Dylan Offenberg, a 16 year old from Burford, Montana or Chef Bergmeier, a 17 year old from Landsboro, Minnesota? What was the first one again? Dylan Offenberg. Yeah, that one. It's Dylan Offenberg. I'm, that is my guess. Yeah, you fucking got it right. Five for six. That's fucking it. tough Bodes. act to follow. Bodes well. Tough act to follow. You may Bodes it may be the first night well. that you get the outro. Oh, I've been two it. for two. I got I gotta be 
I have to be exactly perfect. The second I get one wrong, well, I, I we can tie. Ooh, we have to tie. I don't know tie, what would happen so if you're tied, so. Okay. We'll have to hash that out. Right. All right, here we go. As always, start off with lock it down, Mr. Spock. Was this uh, right. Lieutenant Spock? Spock or, or John Locke? John Locke, yes. Change is the essential process of all existence. Locke. Nope, Mr. Spock. Spock. Not starting off well. In the category of corn or porn, which industry pulls in $13 billion in annual revenue? Corn. No, corn's actually a lot higher. I've already lost. Okay, so this is just pride. Like, it's just going to be how much you can (laughs) kick my ass at this point. Uh, In the ring or on the range, a man named Rattlesnake Dick. On the range. That is correct. He is an Old West gunslinger. In the category of the West Wing, who said it? Well, did you do any fornicating this weekend? Oh, it seems like so obvious for Futurama that I think it's going to go the other way. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say it's Nixon. I, got, it I, I, I can only is. lose. I can only lose. So Yeah. yeah. It was – that was indeed that was Richard Nixon. Nixon. That was Richard that, Nixon. Yeah, was uh, yeah. his comments when uh, David Frost interviewed him. That's how they started the interview. Nixon was like, well, did you do any fornicating this weekend? In the category of West by Yay West – this West uh, has made the Times Magazine most influential list twice. How many are on the list? Twice. No. Oh, 100. It's every year they it's do the 100. 100 most influential people. This this West has made the list. And the other not West has only twice. made it once. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, the other West has not made it. That might give it away. Yeah, I think it did. It's Kanye. It is Kanye. Yeah. That totally gave it away. Sorry. Yeah, because you knew he had to get on there at least once. Yeah. And finally, this is for me just like pure pride. I've been able to, I, I've been able to will fifty percent. So yes. that's not bad, right? You yeah, just kicked is, so much ass. It was this, hard to come back once is, I got the first two done. Yeah, I was this, fucked. <laughs> this is to see whether it's a whether it's a one run game or a, or a run away. Oh, wait, this is the anime. Anime or may not. Fuck. Power Rainbow Princess Team Go. Anime. Nope. Oh, why? You made that up. I made that up. Oh, man, you are a girl. Oh, whoops. <laughs> it sounds so perfect for, like, the girl anime, though. It does. It's, it's pretty solid. That's some pretty good camouflage right there. Fuck you, Zach Braff. Okay, welcome back. Second game, not name this domain. Master oh. of this domain. You got it. Um, Nailed it. Two for two. So Oklahoma. Well, two for like eight, but. <laughs> Oklahoma. Uh, this is your game. You're the one who decides the domain. Bring it down, baby. All right. I'm gonna tell you the name of something that I did not find. At a dot com or you know I didn't find anything that had this as its as its blah 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 dot com dot net yeah. edu not even one with this title. Now I will say this week's if you Google the phrase, plenty of pictures will come up from like people's Facebook sure. and inter- Instagram. But that doesn't media. count. That doesn't count. But there is not, to the best of my knowledge, a website with this name, this domain name, right? Um, this overarching theme, and it is cats. On Mjolnir. Okay. Well, you we discussed earlier that the preposition there is a little bit malleable. Like, it could be cats with Mjolnir. I did search for that as well. Right. So, but cats on Mjolnir, that is the challenge. Right? I kind of like that better, but to be safe, I searched them both. Right. And both of them came up blank. Right. Because it is one of those things, I'm just going to throw this out here. Cat on Mjolnir does sound like a weird cat drug. 
Like, we all know Mjolnir is the hammer of Thor and all this kind of stuff, but cats on Mjolnir does does kind of sound like a cat on a drug doing like something. A bunch weird. of cats in a rave. Right, right, right. Like that that's what they call a uh, ketamine. <laughs> like ketamine's Mjolnir, man. Come on. Nobody calls it special K anymore. Dating Called ourselves. Mjolnir. <laughs> You aren't going to get paid for saying it, so I don't know why you're doing it. Am I getting you paid? Well, yes. Then that's why I'm doing it. Thank you. Cats on Mjolnir. Okay, so. Oh, shit. You know what it needs to be? Cats near Mjolnir. Okay. Because it rhymes. Yeah, no. Near and Mjolnir. Yeah, if they're... So, okay. I got to believe the algorithm would pick up on that with the other prepositions cat near mule near okay so that's great <laughs> cats near mule near <laughs> and as, as well it solves the problem with like on because it's like it would be awesome just to have a whole cat gallery of some cats on the hammer of mule near just like they're cuddling up to it and like like Thor wants to get going, but mm. I'm like no, got a cat there. He's on Mjolnir. What are you gonna do? Um, and also it solves the problem of width, because like the cat wielding Mjolnir mm-hmm. is obviously another thing we want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so near, it's like as long as the cat's in the same picture as Mjolnir, you're good. I gotta, I gotta believe it's gonna be a cat-themed thing. It's not, or a, a picture cat thing, meme theme. It's not gonna definitely that subject matter. It's gonna be like we're really gonna get into existential thought here. <laughs> I think I actually have something for all three. Uh oh. No different things for all three though. But like, go ahead. So here's one I want to see for cats on Mjolnir. And you may see sooner rather than later. Maybe, well, no, probably later rather than sooner on gadzooksandnerd.com. Nice. Self-plug. Fuck you, Zach Braff. Um, Self-plug sounds weird. Dirty. It does. Directed by Lukewarm. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to claim that as a catchphrase because that was your joke. No, but it was a stupid joke. Joke. It, it is. It is becoming a uh, great callback. <laughs> it is becoming quickly that that's what she said of the podcast, <laughs> and I love it. So what I want to see for cats on Mjolnir. Yeah. Paintings done, like classic paintings. Yeah. And like going through like all the the like even remotely famous painters like doing just like one of each like style going, genre painters you're going you're going for like classic so you so you got your goya you got your picasso you I, got yeah, all your... the way up through modern art too you right, know, you, right yeah you'd right. have your you'd have your picasso you'd have your um who was the cat i was thinking of that's like You'd have your Roy Lichtenstein. Right, right, you right, know. right, right. You, it um, would be representation of classical of style. Of painting going through, like, all the styles, like, from the classical. Right, all right, the, right. You'd have right. one for each, like, each little division you can come up with of these different paintings and all these different styles. You'd have a Magritte one. That's what I was trying to think of, Magritte. Um, oh, Magritte, yeah. This, <laughs> but is they're all, a, they're, this is not a moon year. <laughs> exactly. Uh... uh well, like I said, sesnepa un pa. Sinepa un pa. If you had just a cat's paw up, sinepa un pa and P A W. I don't know what that means. That's really funny. <laughs> I was saying like. Sinepa is a. This is not. Yeah. That, this that is not. Sinepa un peep. That's the classic yes, marguerite, that's what I'm referencing. right? Yeah. Right, I'm right. saying it'd be funny to have one saying this is not a paw, because it but it'd be sesnepa un pa. Right, I assume. Say. You don't know. You uh, don't pronounce the. There's no sense. You don't pronounce the S T. Oh, it's say. Say ne pa un pa. 
Se ne pa un pa. Right. And it would be a picture of a cat. Yeah, 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 exactly. I have a whole thing. I think I've. That, that's that's pretty solid. That, that is uh, pretty no. solid. So that would. That's you'd like have a, to do that for like that's everyone. That's a you'd funny have... like joke in French as well, which yeah. I love even more. I love that. But, that's actually funnier in but then French you'd, you'd than it is English. You'd also have one where it's like. One that would fit into this whole series. And that's what this would be. Just like every single little distinct like subgenre of styles of painting. You'd have one for this where it would be a painting in that style of a cat sitting on top of Mjolnir. And they're always like somewhere like fucking Where's Waldo style. Thor would be somewhere in the background like pissed off that he can't – that the cat's on Mjolnir and he can't – so he can't take Mjolnir. You know? You'd have like a fucking – Andy Warhol version, right, you know, right, right. <laughs> cat, 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 cat on Mjolnir, or maybe it'd be the soup can. I don't know. Maybe it would be cats on Mjolnir. Okay, soup. so I, 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 I just want to throw in my my two cents on this. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, where my idea would want to go. Cats near Mjolnir. What I want to see, I want to see like. Well, it was made famous with the movie Amelie. Getting back to the French. Amelie took her father's gnome and gave it to her flight attendant friend. And, and it had him took all these pictures. Of and the gnome yeah, 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 around yeah. the world. Exactly. So have it be that Mjolnir replaces the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Replaces the Taj Mahal. Like these are iconic uh-huh. pictures of these places that people like Instantly the, the, the Sphinx. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, even though the Sphinx isn't is missing is it, from the no, no, even though you see Mjolnir, Mjolnir instead, instead of the Sphinx, Sphinx, they'll know like, oh, that's Mjolnir replacing a picture of the of the Sphinx. Exactly. Now, well, how do the cats fit in? The cats are the gnomes inside the picture oh so each one has a picture of a, of a cat right near Mjolnir, near Mjolnir and Mjolnir, and Mjolnir is Mjolnir like is the, as if it, it's replacing famous landmarks in photos people will recognize the way they did on Amelie yeah the way the gnome did the famous landmarks you do but all those time, but you have a cat and you have, have the famous landmarks being replaced by Mjolnir yeah so that's where I would go with it and then if it was cats with Mjolnir Right. Would just be the only thing it would be would be like an animated GIF uh, made uh, from like photos of like, you know, that photo they take when you go down Splash Mountain. And it <laughs> would have funny like, it'd have it like two people in the front, cat? two people in the back, and then like, or no, just actually no people. It would have like all cats except one of the seats would be taken up by Mjolnir. <laughs> so it's like, be like, cats and Mjolnir went on Splash Mountain and they made this little animated gif. Right. Like a right. very 90s, like very 1991 graphics style. Well, that just, that obviously... Is, like this, someone just figured out some web design and they made a little thing where... That's like, obviously... The portal is going to be called Cats Around Mjolnir. And it will then go off to the different prepositions, <laughs> whether it be near or... On or whatever, whatever. Uh, it's still pretty malleable. We, we still have a lot of places we can go. But we Cats, have two Kitty Corner from Mjolnir. Oh, snap, because Kitty's is No, Kitty Corner is good. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of gold. That I oh, well, okay, that's it. Then that's it. So instead of surrounding, it's Cat, or uh, yeah, Cat Kitty Corner Mjolnir. That's the main site that gets you into cats on Mjolnir compared to cats near Mjolnir. And um, it's the master site. That's the master site, yeah. The Neurobscurial Podcast is brought to you by Pretzels and Nicolas Cage. Premium. Premium. (laughs) You've come a long way, baby. Directed by Luke Warm. Okay, welcome back. We always do the segment working on our type five, aka steal this joke. Mm-hmm. So, as heard in the fine print, this is the one part 
of the podcast that you are welcome to take with you. You There's no going to be lawyers up your ass. Carlos Mancia, listen closely because you can steal this joke. You can take this thing. If it's funny for you and you make it work, go at it. Yeah, Oklahoma? Yes, this is. We are giving this joke away for someone else to uh, to make it their joke, part of their act, and do it better than 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 hopefully than what you do. There's no place to go but up. Exactly. So Oklahoma, let's hear it. Well, I should I should put in the caveat. Unlike you, I'm not exactly willing to give away my A material. But wow. I do have some stuff. Thanks. <laughs> I, I really like that backhanded compliment. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I do have some stuff in my notebook that, you know, I, I write down at times. I then forget the context and uh, am not at the same level of, level of inebriation. And I, I forget what the joke was supposed to be. And I just can't, can't crack them. Um, and I don't think I'm going to. Uh, Just tell the joke and uh, let's hear it. So, I was... Papal library. They made a clerical error. Mailbox. The Nazis. Forklift. Jamaicans. Wow. This one, I swear, it's been said before. It, this is already a joke that someone else has, and that's also the hard thing. It's it's, it's why one of those things like I don't want the pressure of knowing like an idea comes to my head and like oh someone already did that. You know, ha ha, Simpsons did it, right? Kind of bullshit. But anyways, here it goes. Further ado, steal this joke. So a lot of people have baby Hitler as that example. You go back in time and fix something. Do you kill baby Hitler? Kind of thing. I go uh, after Ethan Hawke. Right. Oklahoma goes after Ethan Hawke. See, this is this is this is this is the problem. It needs to be a monologue, not not a fucking dialogue. <laughs> I couldn't. Help it. I couldn't right, help it. right. He but that's always the standard, right? He knows what he did. It's always the standard. Baby Hitler. It's, it's used a lot in pop culture references. Everyone talks about you go back in time, baby Hitler. Do you kill him? Firstly, like, let's go beyond all the maybe more pertinent questions. Like, why do you gotta kill him as a baby? Like, give him a teenage. Jewish girlfriend or do something else, you know, like infanticize the first place we go, really. But then that leads me to point number two. I'm not going to try to kill baby Hitler because baby Hitler is going to be hard as fuck. Everyone's gunning for him. Like there's never, you know, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot's never any of these other huge genocide guys it's always baby hitler baby hitler will fuck you the straight up like baby hitler is the last one i'm gonna go towards because i thought the premise was funnier than it is and that fucking deadpan (laughs) this is why we try it and this is why we can delete this whole thing now thank you i just like the idea of baby hitler being hard as fuck because everyone's got a because everyone's because there's constantly time travelers trying to kill him right he's not dead yet right exactly okay that was the part of the joke that i didn't explain okay so like like i'm the last one for black ops situations there's a million motherfuckers before me that's gonna be big black ops so i'm gonna come up on baby hitler and he's gonna have like fucking bayonets and grenades as his mobile he's gonna be this was actually the best part of the joke baby hitler is gonna make dave batista look like david high fucking pierce Baby Hitler is going to be so hard. He's going to be so badass that I'm not going to get 10 miles within Baby Hitler because he's going to be fucking fuck. That's not the word I want to use. <laughs> so, uh, cut out the weird pause in the middle and the word thug and uh, record yourself doing it and send it back to us. Like, I got a funny premise there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, some of the nuances aren't working out and like i'll go on different tangents like if me and you workshop the joke for steal this joke oh if it should be that i steal the joke like you bring in a joke and i like workshop it for you 
Not necessarily. Or vice versa. Like whoever brings in. It would be like co-writing the joke more than. Although it's an idea that would. Uh, it's an it's another way to skin the same cat. Well, like I said, you know, once I once I put my stamp on it, like I don't give away my A material, so it's no longer a steal this joke joke. So if Oklahoma puts his mushroom stamp on something, you know. Is that, that what the kids call it these days? The Oklahoma mushroom stamp. <laughs> I'm not sure what else a mushroom stamp would refer to, so... You never heard that one? I mean, I assume you're saying to put your dick on it. Yes, okay. (laughs) It's it's new to me, but it's very intuitive. Right. So I feel like I... It's why it works. It's why why it works. It communicates its meaning quite clearly. Hat is off to the gentleman, and I'm sure it's a gentleman, Who put forth the term <laughs> Pretzels would like to remind you. <laughs> the views and opinions of this podcast do not <laughs> represent Big Pretzel or Big, Big Pretzel. pretzel. Uh, he's actually giving us a very dirty look right now. So <laughs> They just got this image of Big Pretzel being like Mike Myers <laughs> just sitting in the background of this whole event saying absolutely nothing. Why just. Mike <laughs> Mike Myers Halloween. Oh, right. No, 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 no. I got a very different picture in my head of that scenario. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Mike Myers is just in the corner. Like, is this some kind of like weird sex thing for him? Like, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. SNL's Mike Myers can only get off when watching men podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to Sex Talk. I'm Dick Hartley. With and I'm always. Luke War. <laughs> With me as always, Abe Bagajian. The lady's a duke. Let's get into it. <laughs> Call back to something we didn't record. Pound the paint. Yep, pound the paint. Okay, directed let's... by Luke War. <laughs> pound the paint directed by Luke War. Okay, let's take a break. And we'll start working on the list. Now, Oklahoma taking advantage of the medium this time. He mimed list to me, and that's how I knew. Line. Line. (laughs) See you on the other side. I'm the Pikachu of doing it. Got it in! Nice! And we're back um, onto the list, guys. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which should be called Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Let's get to your pick. Isaiah. And, and what it is about Isaiah's story that you want to use for a platform, a diving board, to go into something else. Because the focus was on these, our connection to these social issues going on. Right. Well, not our person, but, you know, Sam's. You know, that's the emotional crux is it's how is Sam dealing with this Our social is acceptable, issue. you're accept- – yeah. Yeah, right. and making us think about how are we thinking right. about this social right. issue. Everything worked perfectly towards that. But I think it would be interesting to get into uh, – because the guy was so good. Carl Lumley, I believe, is the actor's name. Right. And uh, it was just so great. Yeah, and it. I don't think we need to change anything. No, I think no. we so want I just was like, an origin story. We want yes. an origin story. Yes. Right. And that's that's kind of what I thought. I'm like, you know, I mean, yeah, as cool as it would be to be have him do like a do an incredible Hulk, like maybe he goes on the road with his like little nephew there or whatever it was, and then he goes around and solves problems in towns. But that, but if um, they can make Michael Douglas look super young, why yeah, couldn't they, they do they that? They definitely do him with the young thing. Right. So I was like, okay, yeah. So here's where I think would be the interesting thing is it's, we're we are looking at it in this very like social construct but i would be interested in seeing just getting into the very raw emotional state of it you know we had to have this backstory we know that he was like they had tested it on this group right you know and presumably from the context it seems like a group of all black a, a black battalion of, of soldiers, a black squad. It had a very uh, it, it Tuskegee. Is that what it was? Just uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Right, kind of right. Vibe. The Airmen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Had a very much feel of this is why we're using the super soldier serum. 
Yeah. On these groups. Exactly. And he was the only one. And he's like how Steve Rogers was the only one. He was the only one that actually didn't just fucking. Yeah. Right. That it actually worked on and didn't drive him like eventually break him down or drive him crazy or whatever, you know. But there's definitely then like a band of brothers feel then, right? Exactly. And it's almost becomes, it's a weird comparison to make, but it almost becomes like Predator. Here's his team and they're getting picked off one by one by this thing they can't fight. But the interesting thing is that thing you're fighting is the thing you were fighting for. Not only did they do, you know, we hear that he was then imprisoned and tested, you know, continuously right. and kept hidden, you know, and covered up so they could try and figure out what it was that worked and just basically just keeping him a lab rat, you know. At the same time, all the other ones in his squad, I mean, they just let those dudes die. They thought they were going to be, you know, the lead of this thing. And then it's like, and then that very thing that you've, you know, volunteered to fight for turns on you. And it's like the emotional state of that. I almost want to see like a horror movie type thing where it's like these guys, they, we see and it would, you know, and it would be a, you know, a, a mini series like it was. And it would be, I almost want to say like the first one would start off very positive. Yeah. Like it'd be seeing this team in action. Well, I have a really important see how, question. How the, well, okay. I don't, I don't, I'm sorry to interrupt. I Go really ahead. am. But I, I do have a very important question on how is it being administered because what I kind of pictured was that it's being administered like they give all this the, the serum and then they go on a mission or do you have them all in their own separate labs and everybody else just doesn't make it no team team so I'm they, picturing it they give the whole team the super soldier thing yes. and then they go out to do well, a thing they would randomly in right. terms of they randomly picked which black soldiers but it would definitely be a thing right. where they clearly picked only black soldiers right. you know that was the pool they drew from, it makes, and they put them together as a squad after administering it to each to all of them. It makes so, so much more sense that way because squad, it would be they, the rest of the it would be the rest of the battalion or whatever that he would go save. That that would be his big heroic act. I almost kind of want it to be this thing where like each episode gets progressively darker. So like the first one, we're seeing this team. We're seeing like they they've really come together as a team. You know, we're introduced to them as a this elite unit now. They're this super secret super soldier unit that's going out on covert missions, and we're kind of catching them in in media res. I think the term, yeah. Right. Um, and so we're seeing them after they've already been formed. They've already had it administered, and we'd see maybe some setup flashbacks here and there about that, but. But mainly we're catching up with them. That's the present time of of this of what the show would be. And the first episode would very much be them. You know, you'd see how the, the, how they were grouped. You'd see them bantering, the interplay between them, how they all work together, and everything. It'd be very much like a, you know, all about how these who these guys are as a team. You know, like the first two episodes, everything would seem to be fine. And at the end of the second episode. We get like a little teaser at the end. You get the Easter egg. Of that shit's about to go wrong. Right. Right. And then in episode three, shit starts going wrong. Right. So it's like we've already spent like a full movie's worth of these guys as this team that clearly any day they're going to, you know, put them in the Captain America uniform, give them all the shields and have them out there being the symbols of the nation. They're, yeah. they're, they're thinking, all right, that's the time's come. This is it. We're finally coming up. And then it's that slow realization, like over the course of the episodes, as more and more shit starts going wrong and more of them start having to go to the hospital and not come back, you know, or having something happen to them, or as they start dropping, it's that slow realization. You're like, you're looking for, like, who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? Who, who's picking us off? Right. And it's this weird situation where you realize this whole time you were fighting for the enemy. It turns out they're the ones who want to, you know, they're using them as the lab rats. Like, they don't care if they live or die. This weird emotional place that there must be for people of color when you really come face-to-face with that experience. And these, this would be people coming into a very extreme experience of that, you know, literally life or death. But that situation of, of realizing that the people who you have pledged to protect are the ones who are actually out to get you. Because so he, you think it ends with just him being the last survivor and the kind of coming 
to this realization that, oh, shit, I was a pawn the whole time, and this is my real life. Yes, because that's where we, we find him okay. in a very dark place. Like, he doesn't want to talk to people. Right. You know, he doesn't want to have a heart But even in the Sam. comic books, this was a part of his story, that he did this incredibly heroic thing. I believe there's something. I, I'm not sure. I was not super familiar okay. with uh, Outside of the Show. No, but the, um, he he gets it featured in the, in the TV show. He gets it featured... At the Captain America, you know, Smithsonian wing or whatever it was. Yes. Right. His yeah. heroic acts. That yeah, he Sam did. gets them to. But and to that was his... that big heroic act that he saved the rest of his battalion. Yes. After that. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Who got caught behind enemy lines. And right. All but that would be like. And he different... did it by himself. Yeah. He didn't would... have anybody else to help him. It was just the, pretty much the exact same thing that Steve Rogers did in the first Captain America. Exactly. Right. Yes. Here's 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 what I'm saying. So that question of of dealing with, you know, this fact that you're part of this nation, but this nation also does it, part of this nation doesn't want you. Yeah. And you know that that the Sam's decision, you know, where like Isaiah, he says like I don't I can't take it. I that's I've been through too much. It's it's not my place. Sam is as the newer generation has to be the one to, to go forward. Yeah. You know, to be like, okay, someone's got to break the color barrier, and it may – some people may say how – you know, some people – I'm sure there were – I'm sure there were some black people who didn't like Jackie Robinson because they were like, he's just going to be the stooge of the white man now kind of thing. Right. But someone has to take that first step or else things are – that type of thing is never going to go away. Right. You know, and so Falcon and Winter Soldier, you're very much seeing that social issue played out of – and the emotional journey that goes with it of him being like, okay, I'm going to be the one to break the color barrier here. He's going to be But the thing this... is, Jackie Robinson never said shit. And they do make a very good point about Sam Wilson and just going to sit back. He's going to call people out. This is a total aside, but I think it'd be really funny, Sam Wilson coming up to Tony Stark and being like, how many brothers you got on your board? <laughs> 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 like I, we need to change this shit. And like <laughs> maybe, th- maybe that's season two. It's just, it's just Sam Wilson going to corporate meetings. All right, with, uh, a different superhero. With, uh, yeah, with different. Uh, why aren't there any other brothers than Indra Elba? Up right. You killed that motherfucker off. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange. You had one black guy. Where you go? <laughs> the villain. You make him the villain, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. But he's also – he's going to be working for the black community too. The, yes. His blackness isn't going to stop just because he put that fucking shield on. Okay. Yes, exactly. So you have this situation between where Isaiah is at and where Sam Wilson comes to at the end is right. that the nation, kind of the people and racism, the, the, the body of institutionalized racism in the people of much of this nation – is saying to the black man, you don't count. And Sam is at the end of that where it's standing up and saying, fuck yes I do. I'm an American and you're going to recognize that because that's what this shit's about. He is asserting that right. Isaiah, the what, and telling his origin story, it would be like you're coming to, to, find, to where we find him here in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We've got to come to that point where it's the opposite end of that, where he thinks everything's fine. He's like things are getting better. I'm going to be a hero. You know, people are going to see a, a black man out there being celebrated. It ends with that moment where he fully realizes the people's answer is – the government's answer, the nation's answer is, no, you don't count. You're an experiment. If this works on you, we're not going to make you Captain America. We're going to figure out why it worked on you and then find a white person we can make Captain America by that same means. Sure. You know, it's that slap in the face moment of where you realize – like he's yeah. fighting for the nation yeah. and yeah. he's thinking like – I'm showing my patriotism, whereas the people behind, you know, the the people in charge, they're like, no, we don't like you anymore, but we'll use you to fight this other thing first, and then we'll deal with See, you. And you I, I, but I really and think like that the horror, the emotional realization of that, that because he has to. That's the thing. If you're playing into what happened in that show and then doing a prequel to that, you have to end at a point where he is. Fucking bitter and rightfully so. And that's why it almost has to be like a horror movie. He's done everything that is asked of a patriot. Right. If you look up patriot in the dictionary, he has fulfilled that to a T. And he's thinking like there is no denying that now. 
and then whoosh, there goes the rug under him, and they're like, oh, we are 100% denying it, and we're going to put you in prison to keep it quiet and treat you like a test subject, you know, a, a lab rat. I, um, I mean, essentially essentially yeah. what I think would be a really cool – when I thought about what are some things that would spin off – that I could spin off from yeah. what we saw on Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. And like I said, just his performance – his part in the story, what he represented, everything about it was just so amazing. And right. I'm like, more of that, please. It really boils down to, like you said, you know, in the in the show, Sam Wilson goes to him and he offers it to him first. Right. He's saying, like, you were the one who plowed the road. You earned this. And he says, no, you know, I can't. The thing, the, that was the thing that struck me that would be really interesting is really getting into the emotional, right. his emotional journey that gets him to that point where he's like, I can't. Right. Like I already tried, it right. wasn't time. Right. It's it wasn't time until it was your time. And it's how does he get to that place where he, he knows and he accepts that that role that he's like I'm the one who had to plow the road. I'm not going to get to walk it. Right. And on that note, pretzels would like to say, nothing goes better <laughs> with America and saltiness than a Colt 45 malt liquor. And Big Pretzel would like to say. <laughs> Proud Boys, fuck you. In any form of racists. Pretzel does not see color. Pretzels would like to apologize to the <laughs> members of the colorblind community for any comments they may found insensitive. And remind them, you too are the heart of America. You too are one more grain of salt in America's bread. Welcome back. Let's round out our list before we get to Oklahoma's sign-off. I think in both of my picks for Falcon and Winter Soldier, it is really about the Easter eggs that comic book nerds saw and wanting to do that. Like, just what other real comic book guys knew what they were table-setting and following down that Mm -hmm. path. So this is a whole new thing with U.S. Agent that not a lot of people who don't know the comic books understand U.S. Agent in uh, the context of the rest of the universe, Mm -hmm. right? And obviously, you know, this is over years and years. U.S. Agent was introduced to the 70s, 80s? I want to say early 80s, but don't quote me on that. Right. So U.S. Agent shows up, obviously... But also Val shows up, mm-hmm. right? And it's, you know, she spreads off her whole big name. Yeah, we brilliantly could, we played could it, but by gonna... Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Brilliantly played. So good. Perfect choice. And that name, though, is what comic book nerds will know is Madame Hydra. Uh, Madame Hydra. Two or three, I believe, technically. Right, but a a Madame Hydra. Yes. She is one of the people to fill the role of Madame Hydra. So I think most people who who know the comic books enough see U.S. Agent, see Madame Hydra, Mm -hmm. two and two together, let's start us a Dark Avengers. So Dark Avengers, and again, years are all going to be foggy, so this is just kind of like general comic book nerd knowledge kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, Dark Avengers is basically what it sounds like. The Avengers in the villain form. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So you got U.S. Agent representing Captain America. You got Madame Hydra. Would be representing the Nick Fury. Yeah. Right? She's assembling these people mm-hmm. together. So, okay, one of the ones who would be a part of the Dark Avengers that has kind of been teased out already would be Yelena Belova. So we got three that are already table set for, already in the MCU, ready, locked to go. Yes. Now the rest of them are going to get a little trickier. I'm just going to go with who we already have in the universe that makes most sense to do something with. Mm-hmm. First would be Agatha Harkness, who would be the Dark Avengers equivalent of Scarlet Witch. The next one would be Loki as Thor. 
So this one's a little... Uh, gets a little, little timey-wimey because the Loki of that universe is dead. Yeah, right. But I think if you're having a villain equivalent of Thor, Loki's your guy. Who's going to be Hawkeye? And someone who it, I think famously they have just underserved as villains go in the MCU, Bullseye. And you definitely um, see the parody there between those two, right? It, yes. Uh, that would be the natural choice. I, I actually would disagree with your saying in the MCU. Now, in movies, yeah, as much as I love Colin Farrell, I think the dude's awesome. I did that, not like his bullseye. That movie was not... Uh, he was not a good bullseye. That was a Just whole as Ben Affleck was a terrible Daredevil. Yeah. I mean, it was a whole shit show. And fucking Jennifer Gardner as Elektra was also shitty. Yeah. And I don't even like Elektra. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even a fan, but it's like you did a dishonor, sir. Yeah, but uh, they actually on the Daredevil Netflix show, they've they've basically set him up. The last one, I want to see Norman Osborn as Iron Patriot. So I totally forgot the Hulk equivalent. Abomination, I think, is the natural choice for the Hulk equivalent. I, I want to see the like the Bizarro fight. Stuff mm-hmm. and I think Avengers are a part of this movie. Like, are yeah, I think this is a movie. This is an Avengers movie. You do mm-hmm. all the table settings for all these the Bizarro characters, and then you get the movie where they're fighting each other. I think that's where you go with this. One thing that's really interesting is about the Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. is what was the the chick who took the Super Soldier Serum? Why am I blanking? The freckled redhead. Yeah, I can't remember. Just freckles. Yeah. Right, freckles. freckles. But freckles, like, she's got a point. And, yes. like, oh, there, yeah. there, there's some definitely, like, yeah, well, what the fuck? And I think that all of these characters can kind of, there can be a thing where it's like, no, we kind of have a high ground, too. Like, you may not like our methods. We may be a little too blunt or whatever, but, like, we make a point. We're not we're not just being assholes here, you know. Like, why? I think it's the natural thing, and it is really Madame Hydra for me, less than Norman Osborn. Madame Hydra is the one where it feels like naturally you go against Avengers because of the Shield Hydra double cross. Exactly. Stuff. They well, and then also I think so you'd have that there needs to be some her. interplay um, on like the fact that okay, Avengers think they're so fucking great. Do you see what they did to New York? Exactly. Like, do you, like, there needs yeah. to be that other thing. Like, oh, wait, there's no blood on your hand either. I want to put this out here because, like I said, I, I kind of always envision it as a movie. But, and I think I've talked to you about this this movie before. It's called uh, She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not. Yeah. With Audrey Tatone. Yes, and, and it shows it, the one side, it shows her perspective, right. and it's a romantic comedy where she falls in love with this guy <laughs> through all these meet-cutes. And then it shows it from his perspective, and she's a deranged stalker. Right, and it's a horror movie. Right. Exactly. Right. I think that's where I want to take it. I think I like the first part of the movie. And yeah, and as well, I don't know. I, I want the lines to be very blurred. And I don't know if I want the first part of the movie to be like the Avengers perspective. I think I do. I think that's how I want it. Like The first part of the movie is the Avengers perspective and they're like kicking ass and they're defeating this ultimate evil. And then the second part of the movie is the Dark Avengers perspective where like all this other stuff that we're talking about, you know, all this other like you fight the evil long enough, like all the compromises, like where their real characterization came through. I could see it go the other way, but then it becomes two Avengers forward. And I think I like the idea of having it end with being from their perspective with the idea that that gets muddied a lot. That, And I think it is something that's great well, that Falcon and Winter Soldier did was that it's like the lines between good guy and bad guy are muddied a lot. And it was something that, you know, as a kid, I never liked Captain America because I just felt like it was very – Oh, drape America in a flag around you. Jingoistic. Yeah. But the more and more I understood about Captain America and the storylines they brought forward with him and stuff like that. Especially Civil War, yeah. Especially Civil War. Especially the 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 real defiance of not wanting the registration and all that. I mean, it changes his entire arc as a as a character. But 
if we're trying to find the gray areas, there's more interesting to me that it starts off with just like this huge fight scene where they're all getting their ass kicked and then uh-huh. explains everything up to there. Not that like they build up to this point and then, oh, Avengers are there. Oh, we're really the bad guys the whole time. Oh, no. It's more of like you see the big action scene and he's like, oh, they're fucking kicking the Dark Avengers ass. This is great. All that. And then like by the end of the movie, you saw everything. It's like, oh, wait. It's kind of fucked up, <laughs> you know. Like you, you I, I kind of have I more bet, empathy for these guys. You know, that is an inter- that is a good idea to do. Is yeah, to have it be you start. I guess because that, that that does what I'm saying is you don't want to start the story introducing them, um, you know, facing off with the Avengers or doing whatever with almost interacting with at all with the Avengers, and then cover the time. But if you started with the end. Yeah. With you started with like no, okay, that's what I meant. Here's always, the big yeah. throwdown, right? And then yeah. you back up, right? And you say, okay, so how did all this happen? Except you expect it, you know, it's they're the Avengers were the heroes, so we're gonna see right. their right. perspective right. of what led up to to this big big throwdown, and instead we're getting it from their from the the Dark Avengers point of view. But everything's a recall back to that big fight, right? Scene so you start off by seeing like, okay, yeah. this is what we're gonna lead to. Yeah. Let's show you how it all leads. In fact, it may not even be that big a part of the movie. It may just be this huge fight scene at the very beginning. It says Dark Avengers, and then you get into everything that led up to that moment. Uh, But you don't see it again. No. No. Oh, see, I'm almost interested by, like, the idea of the symmetry of, like, the first scene, have it shot. The same as the the second scene. Shoot the The last scene. Shoot the... (laughs) You know, you would shoot the Aquan sequence the way the the, move, the sh- Aquan sequences are shot in the Avengers movies, where we're we're following the Avengers as they, you know, from their perspective of the fight. And I almost oh, want to see like the same thing shot again. That is clever, though. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where this time you flipped the cameras around, yeah. and now we're now, like I said, with the chessboard, you just with do the multi-cam white. with everybody, and then you just use this camera going in the villain's perspective rather than the camera that went originally in the hero's perspective. Exactly. So you're seeing yeah. the flip side of the scene, you know? Yeah. It'd be like the the shot for shot reverse. Right. No, no. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, uh, but that would get to the whole point. And I think, yeah, I think there needs to be a line of like, you know, how could they have beaten us or something before – Dark Avengers title, and then you go into their story. Like there needs yeah. to be that thing of like uh, the callback. I, I I definitely think we're all on the same page of that. I think we should take a little breaky and then get to Oklahoma's outro. Yeah, Oklahoma. Okay, so welcome back. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode three. Yes. Thank you for uh, humoring us with all of our little silly jokes and dorky stuff. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope that it uh, sparked your obscurial imagination as well. Yes. I'm going to let you read the fine print. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast is a Gadzooks and Nerd production. That's Gadzooks, G-A-D-Z-O-O-K-S. Find us on the web at gadzooksandnerd.com slash meow. Yes, meow. M-E-O-W. If you like the music, you can find more at gadzooksandnerd.com slash fields. That's fields, F-I-E-L-D-S. The Nerd Obscurial Podcast and its content are, except for the steal this joke joke, the wholly owned and copyrighted property of Gadzooks, a nerd. So don't go stealing any of it, except, of course, for the steal this joke joke. Or we'll have to sick big pretzel on you. And Big Pretzel. Any works, products, concepts, or otherwise intellectual property not owned by Gadzooks and Nerd, mentioned or discussed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast, are done so under fair use for the purposes of commentary, critique, and obviously comedy. So please don't sue us, because we can't actually sick Big Pretzel on anyone. The views, ideas, opinions, and beliefs expressed in the Nerd Obscurial podcast are solely those of its creators, which is to say your esteemed host, Eric the Troubadour, and me, the Oklahoma Kid, and do not represent the views, opinions, or beliefs of any individual or entity named, referenced, or alluded to in this podcast, including, but not limited to, Dick Clark, Leonard Nimoy, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter and its parent companies, The Buggles, Nintendo and its parent companies, Renee Magritte, Miles Davis, my wife and her parent companies, the great state of Oklahoma, and of course, all cats everywhere on the internet. Hail Cthulhu. So, uh, before I take us out, any any uh, last words um, for the episode? 
we still got a couple more of these in the season. Hopefully, oh, we'll do more. Than as season. always, you like I said, season. thank you. Uh, however, you can support us. You know, tell a friend, uh, give them a telegraph, um, whatever the kids do. Uh, we're still learning, expanding. I assume um, messages and bottles were coming back, so I don't. But right, maybe that's just me. Right. Well, I I do have a whole fleet of carrier pigeons and uh thought the pandemic would be the time but apparently not uh, <laughs> pretzels would like to take this opportunity to apologize to, to all, all of america <laughs> no carrier pigeons setting a fine example that all you other lazy ass pigeons are failing to live up to do better do saltier for america forever pretzels America's fucking bread. Be great. Be weird. Be yourself. Love the things that you love to do because you deserve that. And we all do. Oklahoma, you take her to the end. Well, it's actually a good thing I won tonight because we actually have a celebrity in the studio. Oh, shit. And, uh... He'll be joining us in a sec, but let me just also say thanks to everybody. Uh, we know there's a lot of things to take your attention away on old man internets, but you chose us, so thank you for that. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Tom Waits. About that time then Closing the doors and mopping the floors Messing your drink up Messing putting the seats up on the table Do what you can while you're in You can't stay here Don't want to go home You don't want to say you're wrong You know you ain't bragging So you're just gonna be one hell it's a war as hell Love is a battlefield My grandma, he died on Iwo Jima Daddy, he died in Seattle I never served, but I haven't served time or two tonight And it's a long way to the bottom of every glass But I made it every time I tell you what, you know That's just how it is Everybody's got that business, everybody You know we all got our stories on about our grandmas and our dogs and our... Well, you know, I know I wanna take me home I know I wanna take me home I know I wanna take me home Whiskey or beer 